0: So now please join me on Faith Moments with Dina Marie as we break open the Word of God together, inviting His Word to change our lives forever. Greetings and welcome to Faith Moments, a weekly podcast to proclaim and to ponder our Sunday Mass readings. Well, we have entered the 22nd Sunday in Ordinary Time, this August 28th. What's beautiful about looking at the calendar from the eyes of the church and liturgically, and as I became a Catholic in my adult life, it was learning about the lives of the saints. And so actually on the 27th of August... We celebrate in the Catholic Church the Feast of St. Monica. St. Monica is the mother of St. Augustine. St. Augustine is a doctor of the church, a bishop in the 400s in Hippo. And St. Augustine's feast day is this day, August 28th. And so because it falls on a Sunday, the Sunday uh, mass readings obviously take precedence. But it's beautiful to see that... we're a reflection of heaven. You know, we believe that Monica and Augustine, through their life and their love of Christ, since their death have been born into new life. And we we recognize them in the Catholic Church as saints, that we believe they are in heaven and that they can intercede for us. And so for those mothers and sons for those parents and children, who parents who are praying for their children to be back on the road to the heart of Christ, you can ask for the intercession of St. Monica. You know, the beauty was there's another saint tied into their family story, and that is St. Ambrose. And St. Ambrose was a, a wonderful preacher, and he was preaching at a time when St. Augustine, a very, very beautiful debater and uh, so scholarly and so intellectual, Ambrose caught Augustine's attention. Monica had been praying for her son to come into Christianity and to know Jesus Christ. And Augustine wanted all of the pleasures of the world, but it was through I'm sure the prayers of his mother, Monica, and also through this example of this preacher, Ambrose, who helped to guide Augustine into the love of Jesus Christ. And what did he do? He read scripture, and scripture guided Augustine into really hearing the truth. Augustine was always about seeking the truth. And if we are truly dedicated to the truth, not my truth, but the truth, we can be like St. Augustine and come out of the sins of our lives, the sinfulness, the the following of the world, and to conform our lives to Jesus Christ. So St. Monica, St. Augustine, and St. Ambrose pray for us. Let's begin today our readings. And different books, different Bibles, you're going to find in the Catholic Bible, the book of Sirach, but it's also called the book of Ecclesiasticus. And so this is a book of wisdom. This is one of the wisdom books that we have in the Old Testament. And so today we're going to be reading from the book of Sirach. But before we read the book of Sirach, I do want to I want to share with you the collect, the opening prayer that you hear our priests pray in every Mass here on the 22nd Sunday in Ordinary Time. This is the collect for today's Mass. God of might, giver of every good gift, put into our hearts the love of your name so that by deepening our sense of reverence, you may nurture in us what is good and by your watchful care, keep safe what you have nurtured. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. And if you know a little bit about St. Augustine and you know that today is his feast day, even though it's the Sunday, the 22nd Sunday, you know, put into our hearts the love of your name. As we learn about the life of St. Augustine, he wrote a book on his Confessions, God is the giver of all good gifts. And, and Saint Augustine is a great example that as he had a love for the name of God and deepened his sense of reverence for what is true, what is good, what is beautiful, what is holy, God continued to nurture in him what was good. And it says, by your watchful care, you know, that that the Lord watches out for his children. Keep safe what you have nourished and nurtured. So as God nurtures these good gifts and gives them to us, that we pray that they are nurtured along the way. What a beautiful prayer to begin this this particular Sunday. And the theme really is humility and teaching the teacher to be humble Our first reading comes from Sirach, and this is chapter three, and there's a few different verses that are covered in today's reading. My child, conduct your affairs with humility, and you will be loved more than a giver of gifts. Humble yourself the more, the greater you are, and you will find favor with God. What is too sublime for you, seek not. Into things beyond your strength, search not. The mind of a sage appreciates Proverbs, and an attentive ear is the joy of the wise. Water quenches a flaming fire, and alms atone for sins. The word of the Lord. Our psalm is Psalm 68. God, in your goodness, you have made a home for the poor. The just rejoice and exult before God. They are glad and rejoice. Sing to God. Chant praise to his name, whose name is the Lord. God, in your goodness, you have made a home for the poor. The father of orphans and the defender of widows is God in his holy dwelling. God gives a home to the forsaken. He leads forth prisoners to prosperity. God, in your goodness, you have made a home for the poor. A bountiful rain you showered down, O God, upon your inheritance. You restored the land when it languished. Your flock settled in it. In In your goodness, O God, you provided it for the needy. God, in your goodness, you have made a home for the poor. Our second reading comes from the book of Hebrews, chapter 12. Brothers and sisters, you have not approached that which could be touched and a blazing fire and gloomy darkness and storm and a trumpet blast and a voice speaking words such that those who heard begged that no message be further addressed to them. No, you have, abro- have approached Mount Zion and the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and countless angels in festal gathering, and the assembly of the firstborn enrolled in heaven, and God the judge of all, and the spirits of the just made perfect, and Jesus the mediator of a new covenant, and the sprinkled blood that speaks more eloquently than that of Abel. The word of the Lord. Our gospel reading comes from Luke, chapter 14, verses 1 and 7 through 14. On a Sabbath, Jesus went to dine at the home of one of the leading Pharisees, and the people there were observing him carefully. He told a parable to those who had been invited, noticing how they were choosing the places of honor at the table. When you are invited by someone to a wedding banquet, do not recline at table in the place of honor. A more distinguished guest than you may have been invited by him, and the host who invited both of you may approach you and say, give your place to this man, and then you would proceed with embarrassment to take the lowest place. Rather, when you are invited, go and take the lowest place so that when the host comes to you, he may say, My friend, move up to a higher position. Then you will enjoy the esteem of your companions at the table. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Then he said to the host who invited him, When you hold a lunch or a dinner, Do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or your wealthy neighbors in case they may invite you back and you have repayment. Rather, when you hold a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind. Blessed indeed will you be because of their inability to repay you. For you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Well, all in this reading, a series of readings today is this sense of humility. And there is a difference between the host and the guests. And if you look at the book of the wisdom book, Sirach, and I'm just going to open up my Bible here because I, I like to go back and I look at the full reading. But if you go to the wisdom of Sirach, and this whole section, starting with a chapter three, verse 17, and going till 28, is all on humility. The little topic at the top of that section is called humility. And I just want to read a little bit more. It's it's beautiful to hear the wisdom Writings, and Proverbs certainly is another one of those books where you just hear good wisdom, and you you hear the truth being proclaimed, and sometimes it pricks us, and we think, oh, I, I can't do that. Uh, I, I'm above that, maybe. But here's a little bit about this idea of humility from the book of Sirach. My son, conduct your affairs with humility, and you will be loved more than a giver of gifts. Humble humble yourself the more, the greater you are, and you will find favor with God. For great is the power of God. By the humble, he is glorified. What is too sublime for you? Seek not into things beyond your strength search not what is committed to you attend to for what is hidden is not your concern with what is too much for you meddle not when shown things beyond human understanding their own opinion has misled many and false reasoning unbalanced their judgment where the pupil of the eye is missing there is no light And where there is no knowledge, there is no wisdom. A stubborn man will fare badly in the end, and he who loves danger will perish in it. A stubborn man will be burdened with sorrow. A sinner will heap sin upon sin. For the affliction of the proud man, there is no cure. He is the offshoot of an evil plant. The mind of a sage appreciates Proverbs and an attentive ear is the wise man's joy. It's a lot to think about in that just section of humility. But I love this. What is committed to you, attend to, for what is hidden is not your concern. And I think about my own life or the lives of those that I see. If we start looking outside of our own circle of influence, If you're married, your marriage, your family, Uh, if you're in a job or you own a business, you are in a working environment, you know, those are the areas in which you have influence. You have some sort of role to play in these particular relationships that you are born into or you're given in some way in terms of the work that you do and, and the way that you interact in your neighbors. So what is committed to you, attend to. Uh, where you're planted, grow. And so we don't necessarily need to worry about all of those other things or or the duties of my neighbor's responsibilities. You know, the wisdom is, the humility is, what is hidden is not your concern. Now, certainly we pray for things that are of need in the greater realm where we think about global concerns, but God puts us in a family. He begins with that beautiful domestic church. And then from there, slowly, there are going to be other areas that we may influence or we have an impact in. We have a role in how we live our lives. But to have the wisdom, to have the humility, to accept where we are. And this is where I'm going to be of an impact in bringing about truth, about bringing about joy, bringing about God's love. And it is in that humility to realize that I don't, I'm not going to solve all the world's problems. That's not my call. There's such wisdom in these readings And the other little line in this scripture, my child, conduct your affairs with humility, and you will be loved more than the giver of gifts. Has there ever been times in your life where? It's the person who's giving the gifts. I think about, obviously, in our Christian tradition, Christmas time, we give gifts. And it might be that we appreciate those people in our lives. Maybe it's our grandparents or a favorite aunt or an uncle that gives us a special gift. And we may really appreciate that gift giver. But that's a temporary, that's a temporary or maybe a material expression Of our love and affection, and can maybe even be used inappropriately in terms of a giver of a gift. We think about people who bribe while one another. uh, In 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 larger areas of uh, of gift giving, can be done in a manipulative or in a greedy way. But when we conduct our affairs with humility, that's when we receive love, and that's when we truly offer and reflect love. It's a beautiful thing to reflect upon is how do I interact in my daily lives, in the affairs that I'm called to be present in, whether I serve on a board or I volunteer with a group of people or I work out in my community, how do I do that? God, in your goodness, you have made a home for the poor this is really going to lead us into the reading from Jesus in his teachings that God calls all, and he defends all, the father of orphans and defender of widows, those who have the least voice, those who are the most on the fringe, on the margins of society. The Lord brings down his love, a bountiful reign. He even shines upon us. And those who are called to be the Lord's have an inheritance with him. You provided it for the needy. We can know that the Lord provides for the needy. I'm going to jump right into the Gospel of Luke. And we've been, we've been in chapter 13. Now we're in chapter 14. And in chapter 14 again Jesus is on the way to Jerusalem and it's pointed out here uh actually I think it's pointed out right in a little bit outside of these particular readings but we know Jesus is on the road to his final mission of his persecution that crucifixion death and ultimate resurrection and salvation of all but he goes and on the way he's invited So somebody invites him, this is a leading Pharisee high up in the ranks of the Pharisees. And what have we heard about the Pharisees? That they are so good at following the law. They're so good about pointing out to those who are not of their kind or their category or their eliteness of how they're not following the rules particularly. And so they're a lesser class citizen, so to speak, in many of the depictions of the Pharisees, that they really see themselves. And truly, they believe that they were following God. They believe that by doing all of these things that we will be following properly our God, but to the point of rejecting people uh, and rejecting really the way the Lord truly wishes us to interact with one another. So Jesus accepts this invitation. He comes into a home. It doesn't say here, but probably all of the other guests would be high-ranking Pharisees, like the man who invited him. You would just expect that he would invite, and we're going to hear a little bit about it as Jesus reflects on what's going on at this dinner, because he notices, Jesus notices how the people are choosing their place at table. So there must be this way that we get to be the closest to the host. When I think about it in our own culture, you know, where there are categories of people, whether it's going to an event, I think about when I was growing up, what was really big was to go to a a music concert and you'd get a ticket, you'd have to buy a ticket, but if you had more money, you could buy a ticket closer to the front. In fact, the big thing was you had a front row seat to XYZ group. And I've only been to a couple of concerts in my life, but I remember, you know, when I was in high school, it was so cool to get the front row ticket. Now, most of us couldn't afford that. And today we certainly couldn't afford it. But it was like this buying your way to the front of the event. Whether it's a concert or going to a play or a performance, I remember going to see the Nutcracker or the uh, Phantom of the Opera. And, you know, what ticket could you get? You know, what could, What ticket ticket could you afford? Because these seats were this price and these seats were that price. And if you sit up in the balcony, it's that price. It's almost like that's the class of citizen you are, depending on what you can afford. And of course, the ones that have all the money are going to be able to buy out all of the high priced seats, you know, but there's something about this mentality of uh, we buy our way to the top, or if you're at a conference and maybe people are being recognized by uh, maybe it's a sales conference and you've, you've sold so much in the year. And so you get a a more front row seat because of the work that you've done and you've merited to have a special seat at the table, or of course, a a beautiful way of recognizing People would be at a a wedding reception and you have the bride and groom and their family and the closest of their friends or family members at the head table. And so there's certainly these ways to honor and to recognize your relationship with the host, with whatever's going on at this event. But there's also a way that it starts to uh, objectify or we start to put people into categories. And you're only at this level and you're at this level and you have this much relationship with the, the bride or the groom. And we start to look at each other as maybe second or third or fourth class citizens. And so Jesus is seeing this jockeying of positions in some way by the people coming to this dinner. Now, it was pointed out to me in the first sentence of this this gospel reading to think about the spirit of the people there. And we know if we've read the gospels— we know that the Pharisees are very skeptical about Jesus. In fact, they're so skeptical about Jesus, they want him to die. They want to get rid of him. He, he's just a problem. He's pointing out too many things, and he certainly can't be the Messiah. And so it says that the people were observing him carefully. Now, if you go back to the, the, um, The translation of these words, it was pointed out in one of the homilies that I recently heard, that this word carefully, if we go back to its original word and meaning, was more watching with hostility. So it wasn't like I'm enjoying seeing all the crowd. You know, uh, if I go to mass, I enjoy, uh, for a moment, you know, looking at the community around me. You know, and, and I think, Look at all of these people that live in this area and come to worship Jesus. And so I'm not looking to criticize or to look to point out anything wrong, but I'm just looking and observing. These are my brothers and sisters. How awesome is this? But these people were looking carefully. What is he going to do with hostility? Their hearts were hardened as they were watching Jesus. So what does that do with their intentions? What does that do with their interaction with one another? Their hearts are hardened to the truth. And so Jesus, again, is taking a time to point out in a parable form, what are you guys doing? And he talks about this uh, being invited. So first he starts out talking about you're a guest. You have accepted an invitation and you go to a banquet. And how do you conduct yourself? Do you go seek out the front row seat? I'm going to be up in front because that means I'm important to the host. And so Jesus is saying uh, to not do that, but to choose the lowest place when you're invited as a guest so that the opportunity may present itself that you get to be moved up. Not because of your own merits, not because you did anything, not because you tried to seek out, but because the host is inviting you up closer. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and the one who humbles himself will be exalted. And then he speaks, very interesting, this Jesus So he speaks to the guests because he's noticing how their behavior is. And then he looks to the host, the one who invited. See, there's one host and many guests. We are all guests, God is the host. And so then Jesus says, When you hold a lunch or dinner, now remember in the earlier part of this gospel, it says that, see if I can find it here. Uh, that he, my friend, let's see, he talks about the brother, he talks about the different people that he, oh, do not invite your friends, brothers, relatives, wealthy neighbors. So these are all the closest to you, those that are in the highest esteem to you. So Jesus is saying to the host, don't do that, but invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind. Those who have no connection with you, but they do. They are called by God. They're invited by God. So don't invite those that are. you're going to continue to jockey for a position. But invite those that are the outcasts, that are the poor, Indeed, will you be blessed because of their inability to pay you? And so God is the host. And whenever we go to anything, we show up in life. Each and every person around us are the guests. There's not anyone better than anyone else. No matter if you're a politician, if you're a leader of a country, if you're a business owner, if you're a leader of a particular community, a mayor, a county commissioner, a teacher, we're all, we're all guests. It doesn't matter how much money you have or don't have. It doesn't matter what kind of education you have or don't have. It doesn't matter what side of town you live on, or if you live in a shack, you're a guest. God is the host. So this beautiful example of humility reminds us, you know, the word humility, humus, comes from the earth. We are of the earth, dust. (laughs) You know, we are dust. And so be grounded. Humility is an invitation to be grounded. We don't just Have you humility? It's a virtue. It's something that needs to be nurtured. We heard that word nurturing in our colic today. May we be nurtured through our reception and preparation of the sacraments to become more humble, to become more like a little child. And let us ask the one who is so humble to simply say, Yes, blessed be the Lord. I am the handmaiden of the Lord. Our Blessed Mother can offer us an invitation to a journey of humility. So, Blessed Mother, guide us and help us to receive the virtue and to strengthen that virtue of humility in our daily lives. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Thanks for joining me today on Faith Moments. Go ahead and subscribe to this broadcast. We've got more things coming up with Faith Moments that'll be on this particular YouTube channel. So I hope you join me often and have a blessed week. And St. Augustine, pray for us. You have been listening to Faith Moments with Dina Marie. Reflections upon the liturgical scripture readings for the Sunday Mass. New podcast episodes are released weekly through the generous support of Mater Dei Radio. To learn more about Faith Moments with Dina Marie, visit me online at dinamarie.org. That's dinamarie.org. May you have a blessed week. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materderadio.com or the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.